Hello and welcome to A Bite Out of Bethel, where food is not just a way of gaining nourishment, but a way of sharing culture, memories, and love. Today's guest is Olivia Eberts, who has been working in the news department of KYUK for the last six months. Hello, Olivia. Thank you for joining me today. Could you tell me what your dish is? Yes, um, I'm making spaghetti with tomato sauce, or as we call it in the old country, gli spaghetti con sugo di pomodoro. And who taught you how to make this dish? I learned it from a variety of sources. I am kind of Italian-American. My family is actually from (laughs) a weird group of Albanians in Sicily who fled the Ottoman Empire in the 1500s. And then they moved to these little mountain towns in Sicily, set up camp, and kept speaking their language, uh, which is called Arboresh. It's like old Albanian. So my background is Italian-American via Albania, but my family grew up in, my Italian side is from LA and Minnesota. We didn't really have any of the traditional Italian-American dishes that you'd get from being in a bigger community on like the East Coast or something. When I was growing up, I didn't speak Italian. I just thought that like Italian food was like really thick Midwestern pizza crust with like tons of like really overly sweet, overly cooked sauce piled on top, like goopy, bad quality cheese, really like wet noodles. Um, I love my mom. She's not on the Italian side, but she would put like sugar in her pasta sauce and like all this stuff. And like it always took so long to make. I just didn't really like it. It was like, this isn't that great. So when I got older, I decided I wanted to learn Italian, so I took Italian in college, moved to Italy, and when I got to Italy, I realized, of course, that I'd been eating Italian food all wrong my whole life, and the way that the people around me made it was their Midwestern version of it, but it was not real Italian food. So I had a variety of influences. I eventually went on to work in the food industry for a while, and I even worked at a place in Rome. So I would say that's where I got the majority of my chops and then I refined my pasta cooking skills as a line cook um, at a pasta place in uh, Brooklyn later. That's kind of how I got to this place. You learned a lot of this dish from working in Italy and from learning from the places around you, not so much your household, but do you happen to have any childhood memories of you eating spaghetti with your mom? I liked my mom's pasta a lot as like a little kid and then the older I got the more I started to try other Italian food I was like oh wait (laughs) this isn't the only option but of course like you know I I love my mom a lot. Please describe your family and the place they grew up and feel free to talk more about your own upbringing and ethnicity. I would say that the the pasta that I ate growing up is definitely a confluence of all the ethnic backgrounds of my family and then like the place in which we grew up. Um, I'm from Minnesota. Both my parents uh, are from Minnesota. My dad and his Italian side were born in LA, but he moved to Minnesota as a youth. And um, man, let me tell you, Minnesota, like sort of rural cooking, really influenced it's really stuck in the 70s. I feel like every 70s cookbook I open up, I'm like, 
Wow, this looks like all the food that you'd find at like my family gatherings. Yeah, so Minnesota has lots of um, Scandinavian immigrants. They were going through a famine when they moved to Minnesota, so it was, you know, there was like a lot of like canned and jarred fish and like other things and not necessarily always cooking for flavor, but cooking for like uh, thriftiness. And my grandparents in Minnesota had gone through the Great Depression. And so I think actually the 1950s in the US influenced a lot of the way that Americans of my parents' generation ate because it had been a Great Depression. Then there's a great economic boon after World War II. And then people got really excited about like um, really processed food and, and all the potentials that offered. And that really was an exciting thing because it was a huge, um, it was a huge innovation at the time that led to a lot of people, um, yeah, just like continuing to eat like that, even if it's not necessarily the healthiest or the most delicious, <laughs> if that makes sense. Who usually prepared the food in your family? My mom was always the one who was like the most employed and had like a really good job. So I would say she was like the primary breadwinner for sure. Um, but she also just like being the much more organized parent ended up doing a lot of the um, like cooking and food prep as well. But my dad made a lot of stuff too. His stuff was hit or miss. Sometimes he would go really hate, like try and get really creative and like add cumin to like Italian food, have these crazy inventions. So you kind of never knew what he was gonna make. I would say my mom was always the more consistent parent <laughs> in everything. And do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a little sister. Did you, or did either of you grow up cooking or helping your family in the kitchen? I didn't. We, uh, my mom was really into us having a lot of activities in high school, um, like sports and things like that. Um, so I, we really didn't have a lot of extra time to do that. We'd help bake cookies around the holidays and things like that. But yeah, I think that's really actually, both my sister and I really grew up to like, you know, take food into our own hands in a big way after, after and during college, I think. Like my sister actually is now a vegan and she like cooks these really elaborate vegan meals and I went on to work in food, and I think maybe that came from a place of, like, not having that knowledge growing up, but wanting to have it, and then maybe wanting to, like, improve <laughs> upon some of the food we had growing up. Mom, I hope, if you're listening to this, I love you very much. Your chicken soup is great. I really respect um, everything you did for us growing up, but I wanted to, you know, I just wanted to learn it myself and take it a step farther. Only good things here, Olivia's mom. <laughs> Do you like to take your time and make the noodles handmade or is it more about efficiency in the kitchen while still maintaining flavor? So um, a big misconception about Italian food is that homemade noodles are like the best. Um, in Italy, they're really seen as like a different category of noodles from dry extruded noodles. Um, and actually, I would say a lot of the best Italian food came out of a really poor period in Italy. Um, from really poor communities who had to, who didn't have the time, the either like the supplies or because you would have to use um, fresh eggs and fresh flour to make n noodles that's more expensive to use. You actually have to use quite a 
few eggs. So maybe they didn't have the luxury of buying fancy groceries or the luxury of time because a lot of them worked in factories to make homemade noodles. So they really designed a lot of sauces that ex like that were built around dry extruded noodles. And that's still the practice today. They're really seen as two different categories of noodles. So I, I would say that one is not preferred over the other. One tends to be like maybe like a weekend food or a fancy food, but it's not necessarily seen as like better. Also, I know you said growing up you ate a lot of pasta dishes. Were there other foods that you typically ate around the week? Well, we've really only ate one kind of pasta, I would say. It was like spaghetti with like tomato and meat sauce. It's like actually the only kind of pasta I remember eating growing up. Except for at restaurants. I would always order buttered noodles at almost every restaurant we went to. I remember going to a Mexican restaurant once and asking for buttered noodles and they're like, we don't have that. Um, <laughs> but I remember a lot of steamed vegetables and a lot of like chicken. We had meatloaf, so I really didn't like meatloaf. A lot of like chicken and vegetables. And how does the food you grew up eating compare to what you make now? I mean, it's it's completely different. It's very, very different. Like, sustainability in cooking is really important to me, and eating local food and, um, yeah, just cultivating sustainable eating as much as possible, whether that's through, like, subsistence stuff or, you know, even dumpster diving in some places in the right place. You can really, like, there's a lot of food that's about that has just gotten thrown away that's, like, still in its packaging that's maybe one day expired that's, like, still going to be safe to eat. To be honest, I don't really dumpster dive, but I would think it's good to do. Um, a lot of grocery stores have like are required to throw, or like their policy requires them to throw things away. So I would say that like, uh, yeah, I also eat, I also lived in New York for like 10 years, which influenced my palate a lot. So yeah, I would say that the way that I eat now is completely different from the way that I eat, uh, that I ate growing up. Like, I feel like everything I eat is noodles. Did I make the spicy cumin lamb noodles, but with mousse mm -hmm. instead? And it's so good, Tamarin. It's so <laughs> good. Slight tangent, what's your favorite kind of noodle? Okay, I'll give two because I think that there are two, like, main categories. And it's, like, long, stringy noodles and then, like, short, um, like, scoopy type of noodles. I would say a go-to noodle for that would be barfale are always really good. Butterflies or bow ties, I guess it means in English, or we call bow tie pasta in English. Um, maybe that for the short noodle and then for the long noodle. They're called mafaldine and they're like, they're like skinny lasagna noodles. Mafaldine were named in honor of Princess Mafalda of Savoy. You learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. Now, if I remember correctly, you said you were, are you Italian-American or Italian-Scandinavian? I'm Italian-Scandinavian-American. So if you could recommend another dish from your culture or your mix of cultures, what would it be? Have you ever had the horse meatballs at Ikea? <laughs> Ikea got in trouble maybe like 10 years ago, actually, because there was like horse meat found in their, in their meatballs. But actually, people messed up because horse meat is really good. <laughs> and I've...
It is good. It's good. It tastes like it tastes like better steak. And I've had it in Italy, actually. So maybe that's like the confluence of my two cultures. That's the Venn diagram. Is the horse meat? I'm so sorry not to laugh. I just thought this was going to be like an animal rights <laughs> like protection. And no, no, straight to horse meat horse is delicious. Meat is good. If you get the chance to try horse carpaccio. I can't recommend it enough, and I could recommend a great little spot in the outskirts of Rome. The next time I just happen to be in the outskirts of Rome, I will say Olivia recommended horse carpaccio for me. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think cooking has affected your relationship with those around you? May it be your past partners, your friends, roommates, ETC, family? Hmm. It gives me a good power stance in my relationships. (laughs) Yeah, because I just am like, I'm the food person in this. I don't know what would happen if I dated another food person. I would, like, not know who my sense of self was in the relationship. (laughs) You're so good at so many things, but the the, the cooking would just throw you out. (laughs) I would. I mean, I I cooked. I was I worked in the food industry for like five years or something, maybe even longer, which doesn't sound like a lot. But considering I've only had like I've had less than a decade of like working years, it's like half of my professional life has been in the food industry. So I think that I've that's carried over to a lot of my romantic relationships. And I think it would be weird if if I dated someone who like was way better at cooking than me or like worked in the food industry now or something I just like wouldn't know what to do with myself this Justin if you're considering a future with Olivia you need to be absolute garbage at (laughs) cooking (laughs) also I'm not single (laughs) there's that too (laughs) oh okay but I can say a nicer thing a nicer thing is just that I love entertaining and I like having people over for dinner and I love potlucks and I love food. So I think it's just like, yeah, it's like a good way. I mean, it's the best way to like have a group of people over and like connect about something. It's a good way to like go with a friend and explore like a new city or something is like through its restaurants and its eating culture. And I think that a lot of friendships are maintained and made over food food is love food is love how do you think food and community tied to each other in general food is all has always tied communities together food it always tastes better when you're with someone else i think that like i always i live alone my boyfriend moved back to new york But I always try and, like, get together with people when I can for meals because it's just more pleasurable that way. Thank you for this lovely conversation about food. It's always so nice to talk to you, Olivia. Nice to be on the show again, Tamarin. (laughs) Again for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. First cut is the deepest. (laughs) This has been a bite out of Bethel. Thanks for listening. Let's eat.